You're listening to Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast that's changing society by cherishing Scripture. Why do you need to carry an amulet around in your pocket that says WWJD to remind you what Jesus would do? Isn't that the Holy Spirit's job? But it seems like a lot of men are trying to manufacture this difference as opposed to letting it naturally happen. Exactly. And the exactly Bible, right. the Bible naturally changes people and makes them different. In debates, when you get in a debate with someone, you know that you've won the debate when they turn personal. Yeah. They're attacking these preachers that are standing for their liberty. And right. when they can't find anything biblically wrong with this person, they start picking out other things. Yep. And if you don't think that those two things can overpower and overtake you, you're pretending. Right. And now here's your hosts, Pastor Brad Bailey, Adam Capps, Zach Taylor, and Jeremy Boggs. Thank you again for tuning into the Cherishing Scripture podcast. Pastor Brad Bailey here with you from Brandon Baptist Tabernacle in Brandon, Florida. To my left is our newest member of the podcast, Adam Caps. His wife gave him permission to be here with us today, so we're glad to have him. Thank you. And then uh, Brother Jeremy Boggs all the way over to the left here on the infamous podcasting table. Join us again today, and we reserve his opinion for all things firearms, all things military all things uh militia (laughs) whatever we need from him so he's our resident expert on that we did get a second camera it's not hooked up it's Mm -hmm. not ready to go otherwise you would be able to finally see zachary taylor he's behind this the sound booth making us all sound good keeping us all rolling here and he does have some audio input once in a while that's when you see our faces look really really puzzled as we're watching him talk that's right and so he's there with us available present and accounted for so we're finishing if the lord's willing we're finishing the book of galatians today man a good opportunity for us to kind of wave the checkered flag here and get done with this book it's been a great journey i've enjoyed i've enjoyed every session together with it man i think galatians is is one of those really potent new testament books where paul um you know gets in that feisty spirit that he's notorious for and so it's been good man i've enjoyed it yeah i've enjoyed it i think it's really been a blessing And so we are in chapter 6 today, beginning in verse number 15. We actually are just going to kind of meander our way down through uh, some of the closing statements, maybe even do a little bit of review of the book and so on and so forth, and watch Paul give his salutation all the way down last verse of the chapter, verse number 18. So Galatians 6, verse 15, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. And there's a little personal note here uh, in my Bible program that he just uh, write, jots it down there, unto the Galatians written from Rome. Mm-hmm. That's not inspired and uh, not part of the actual text of Scripture, but nevertheless, it's a nice little footnote there as he closes it out. So I think verse 15 is that uh, that sort of summary verse, if you want to look for it. Uh, he talks about neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. That's been the thesis of the whole book of Galatians so far, you know, this big battle about external works of the flesh, external displays of spirituality, it's kind of a, a conundrum, you know, that a lot of people have to have to deal with. You know, um, is there a way to physically prove that you're a believer? Is there a way to 
a physical sign or a physical marking or something like that. And uh, this is a this is a contagious thing. You know, people want to get tattoos of crosses on their body or you know some some uh, spiritual verse on their body or something of that nature. They want to physically be able to display mm-hmm. uh, their passion for something. And and even when it comes to the the work of the Lord, sometimes they're they're just interested in that kind of physical thing. So that was the way it was for the Judaizers. Their physical sign of devotion was circumcision. And uh, and that's why they um, they thought that that was the spiritual advantage that existed in their day. Paul well, I is. I think that uh, wanting that outward um, appearance is not such a bad thing. And I think what's more important is to understand that that's not what's more important. Right. What's more important is that the change that you have is something that happens in your heart when you exactly. prioritize. You know that. You know, wanting a tattoo or wanting you know, to dress a certain way to appear to be Christian or in this sure. case to be circumcised, if you want that more than the than the change that actually right. should go down to that right. that's that's where yeah. that's where their beliefs become faulty. Yeah, and the problem in the in the Galatian situation was that they had exalted that to the ultimate sign of Judaism. You mm-hmm. must be circumcised. And they would um, they would disfellowship someone who uh, was not willing to to make that, to make that sign, you know, to make that journey with them, and so uh, that's where Paul had to come in and say, no, 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 you're adding works to salvation, you're, right. you're creating a, a an environment in which people are, and th- what's what's bad about this is is when you relegate true faith to an external sign, uh, it automatically implodes on itself, because if it's all external, then no one is doing business with God. Nobody is addressing the issues that's of the true. heart. And that's where these Judaizers had gotten themselves into so much trouble. So that's why Paul is coming across the, you know, with this final closing remark here. It's kind of a, a parting shot in Jesus Christ or in Christ Jesus. Neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. It is indeed the works of uh, uh, the works of the Holy Spirit, the works of Scripture inside a person's heart, making them a new creature that prevails. Yeah, Second Corinthians, he says that uh, all things are, the, all the old stuff has passed away, and all things become new. All things become new. And he actually did say something else about circumcision. It's almost similar to this. He said, "Circumcision is That's nothing, right. and uncircumcision is nothing. But mm-hmm. keeping the commandments of God um, is what is the most important." Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with all of that. I think I think that's that's exactly where we are with it here. And, it, and it's such a big issue too nowadays. Everybody's trying to do something that they can work themselves way to getting to heaven. Uh, they don't they don't care about what's already been been done. Uh, they walk around like they have to pay this debt back, but we're walking around already debt free. Yeah. Because it's already been taken care of. It's it's I think I it's I think it's more of an issue now than it's ever been. Yeah, because it is. everybody is seriously trying to. I, wait, I love when you knock on doors or you witness to somebody and they say, "Nope, me and the big man upstairs already got it settled." Right. Uh, it you, you don't have to do anything. Right. You right. don't. There is no symbol. Christ was that. Christ is yeah. the ultimate right. sacrifice. The symbol. If you want to know the truth, the symbol is baptism. Right. You know, and baptism is not something that permanently permanently marks your body, but it's the it's you know standing in the water, submerged in the water, out of the water, the death crucifixion with Christ, co-crucifixion with Christ, co-burial with Christ, co-resurrection with Christ. And witnesses were invited to come and see that event so that they could witness that you had been uh, a new creature. 
Yeah. yeah. It seems like it's a change from the argument inside. almost between worshiping the tangible versus the intangible. Right. I was thinking about it this morning, and you were talking about the Ark of the That's Covenant, right. and I, I remembered um, that there was things in the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Right? That's right. And um, it seems like uh, we don't have any of those things anymore, but it seems like people would be very drawn to worshiping those items. Oh yeah. It seems like human humankind has always been drawn to worshiping something that's tangible, mm-hmm. which is why you know the children of Israel had such a hard time. Every other nation had their their physical formed god that they yes, worshipped, and did. they were the only people that didn't have that. They were worshiping a god that you couldn't see. Yeah, it's an excellent point. So yeah, and I think which, that uh, may be reason why in in the commandments it talks about there not being a, a graven image of any kind, right? Because they would always be drawn to worship that. Which, by the way, I think is exactly why uh, Jude wrote about the contention that went on between the archangel um, Michael and Satan over the body of Moses. If if mm-hmm. Satan had prevailed and had been able to secure the body of Moses, no doubt he would have made a shrine out of it. Yeah. And that would have taken away from the invis- invisibility yeah, about that. concept. Absolutely. Because they and did so worship Moses. In they a way. did. Yes, they and did. They, and it, they've always looked for, it seems like that is a constant thing for the children of Israel. They always look for a sign or or a symbol for them to be able to worship. They, they asked Jesus, hey, show me a sign and I'll believe it. Right. And Jesus said, nope. He said, I'm not going to give you a sign except for when he talked about being in the. Uh, well, and, yeah, and, and that's because and fish. I was telling them, uh, talking to the young people about it. Wednesday, and the the part of that was was that um, <clears throat> pardon me, my throat's still kind of messed up from all the screaming from games, <laughs> but um, that that was because every prophet that really came through or leader of Israel was always able to show a sign or do some form of a miracle, right? Um, so they still expected that, and I was studying because uh, in Wednesday night we've been. Our program is called Verified, and it's talking about how we can know that Christ is who he says he is. It's good. And it was talking about how Nicodemus' struggle wasn't the fact that he didn't understand the, the idea of being born again. He understood what that meant, what Jesus meant by that. But his was more of a, I'm already in Judaism. Yeah. I'm already one of the chosen Jews, God's chosen people. Yeah. How are you going to tell me? That I have to do something that I haven't already done, right? In order to get to heaven, so and I, I think that's the same thing. There, it, it's almost as if they look at their circumcision as if, so you're telling me what I did was pointless. Exactly, wow. and that, that's always been kind of a pet peeve to me. You know, as people who talk about this conversation, this dialogue between Nicodemus and Jesus, you know, Nicodemus was no buffoon. Nicodemus. No knew the illustration that Jesus was using when Jesus said you must be born again. He is saying you have to go back and be born again as if every religious ordinance that you are trusting in for salvation has been erased from your life. And Nicodemus asked the next question, how can a man be born when he is old? How, can I he enter the second time? Right. right. Can I enter the second time? He's not being funny. Right. He's not being. He's not using the illustration and stretching the illustration. He's saying to Jesus, he is saying, if you are recommending that I have to go back to when I was a child, and I have to start over from that point, abandoning everything I've accumulated religiously in my life, then I don't want that. 
Yeah, it's, and he went away very sorrowful. Later, he got born again. Thank the and Lord. And that's why I told I told the young people that too. I said, if you wonder if he got born again or not, he was one of the only people at the foot of I believe Jesus he when he died. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I think that's the big thing, and it's kind of it, it kind of to me. I can see how it would happen, even though I'd like to believe that I wouldn't do that, because it's kind of like if you got into this club or this um, team, maybe you say, and you had these long list of requirements that it took to get a part of that team. Right. You went through and you put in all the work, you you put in all the time, and then you see this person walk up and like, oh, they don't have to do anything. They can just join the team. So and then you look at yourself and I'm, you're like, well, I had to put in all these hours. I had to put yep. in all this work and this effort. Yep. I had to do all these things. But this person just gets to come in That's and not do a brother. single thing. It's the prodigal son's brother, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. I've been in the field the whole time. I've been laboring for you, Father, the whole time. And then here's this son who comes in out of the, you know out of the hog pen, and you're killing the fatted calf and giving him a robe and putting him at the same status I am. It's just unacceptable. Wasn't there another parable like that where um, there were there were laborers in the field, and then other laborers came in later? Later on in the day. yeah, and they got paid and they the, got same the same wage. The exactly. Day, I think that's yeah. Matthew 15 and or 16. That that all goes back to the Judaism point. To them, they're like, so I had to get circumcised. I had to keep the sacrifices until Jesus came and died. I had to do all these things. Yeah. But now you're telling me all they have to do is just trust Jesus. Yeah. And another parable too, you know, going along with what both of you guys are saying is the parable of the wedding garment. You know, where here's these people who paid to get into this religious ceremony or into this this celebration and Jesus said, "Why is that person here without a garment?" And he said, the only thing I asked of you is don't come in here without my wedding garment. If I didn't give you that, if I, in other words, if I didn't give you righteousness, you're not welcome here. Mm-hmm. So they're coming in dressed in their own righteousness. And he says, that will not do at this mm-hmm. ceremony. Yeah. And so he, he shoots down the Pharisees like Nicodemus just over and over and over. Sadly, the problem was not handled during the lifetime of Jesus. That's no, no reflection on Jesus. He did his part. But this false teaching of, of Phariseeism, Judaism, and so on and so forth lived on into the administration of the Apostle Paul, and he's still having to tell them, look, Christ Jesus is the only way. And I think that to relate this to today, that's part of the reason that some of the older men um, that are still kind of stuck in their ways uh, when it comes to maybe dress standards or whatever it is, it's because... Their whole life, they were raised exactly. that that was the only way. Right. And they're like, so now you're telling me that everything that I did, avoiding the movies, yeah. wearing the long pants, wife having to wear a skirt, you're telling me that all of that was pointless. And they have a responsibility after that information comes to them. I was raised that way. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I have a responsibility to now make sure that my children do not think that way. Yes. Because yeah. that's yes, the way yes, of the Pharisees. Yes. That's the way of the... And that's the where that's what I'm saying about the Judaism in today is because it's... They've been that way the whole time and they're like, well, if I had to do it, then everybody else is going to have to Which do it. Which raises... And it's a, it's, it's a it very a foolish, foolish thing. thing to do, but it's... It's what we're seeing today. That's why, a lot you, of, that's why a lot of lost people don't want to have anything to do with the absolutely. church because yeah. they think that we're all yeah. standard. I know somebody personally who doesn't want anything to do with the church because he thinks he has to change the way he dresses, yep. even though he doesn't dress um, in modest, uh, but he doesn't want to have to stop wearing well, this I had or a, not being aware of this. Jeremy, or, you know, I that? go on Thursday nights, and I've been working with these young people. Two of them actually came to church Sunday night, 
and uh, one of the young ladies came in. I was just about to bring uh, that up. And they were, they said something. They were talking to me. I was like, yeah, hey, I'd love for you to come out Sunday and come play basketball with us. And she, uh, she kind of goes to church off and on. Had a rough childhood, but uh, she was talking. And then her uh, boyfriend, a young man that I know, was like, hey, yeah, you got to make sure that you wear a skirt. All the girls there wear skirts. I was like, no, no, no. I said, you don't have to wear a skirt She's if you're not visitor. comfortable wearing That's skirts. Right, right. Exactly I was like, right. If you want to wear pants and you're comfortable in pants, wear pants. Sure. But yeah. we should be so, so ashamed that that's the way people view Absolutely. our church today. Right. But see, here's the problem, Absolutely. guys, okay? If we're going to be consistent with this thing, Paul, is, Jesus was telling these Pharisees like Nicodemus, you must be born again. You've right. been wrong the whole time, okay? So now if we're going to be consistent with this thing, we have to ask ourselves and this audience the question, are these people born again? Right. Are these people genuinely and truly saved? If they have substituted the works of the flesh, when I say the works of the flesh, I'm not talking about drinking, smoking, carousing, going to movie theaters. The works of the flesh, according to Galatians, is to paint the outside with, uh, to whitewash the outside with uh, with impressive works and impressive separation and impressive sanctification, but inside still be dead and full of dead men's bones. Why did sepulchers? Is that, yeah, why did sepulchers? That's what Jesus called the Pharisees. And so yeah. um, well, the, the red words of Jesus are, if you're clean on the outside and dirty on the inside, you're still dirty. Right. So the question has to be asked here, you know, even some of our fundamental Baptist brethren, are they born again? If that's all they have, I have a, I have a hard time proving that they're truly converted, truly saved. Yeah. yeah. It's a dangerous thing, though, to take into our own responsibility to judge whether or not people are or are not yeah right but if we are going to do it the best way to do it is the biblical way absolutely and the biblical way is the fruits of the spirit if they have the spirit then they'll yeah. have the fruits of the spirit yeah. and that and that same tension existed with the disciples because jesus went to the disciples and he said you need to hear this parable and you need to hear it loud and clear <laughs> there are going to be tares among the wheat mm -hmm. and don't try to separate them wait until the judgment like and let god separate them only god knows who's truly saved who's truly so lost it's really not even our business to try to judge whether yeah. it's impossible it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, the sure. you just try to. I mean, when people, when I talk to people about uh, salvation and stuff like that, I say take away everything that you do. You know, you maybe the way you dress, what you've quit doing, or what you've started doing. Take away all of that, and tell me how sure you are you're saved. Right. Because if I take away my dress code and and I take away my exactly. the things I do, the fact that I go to church three times a week, if I take all that away. What is there for me to say, you know, I'm still confident in my right. salvation. Mm -hmm. And I would add also this, you know, um, your faith in Christ, your salvation testimony cannot be based on what you do not do. That's right. right. It cannot exactly. be based off of what you do not do because the fruits of the Spirit are not things we don't do. That's the fruit right. of the Spirit are the things that we are and what we do. Right. And exactly. so if they, uh, you know, say, well, here's the reason I know that I'm saved is because I don't dress that way and I don't go to those places and I don't behave certain ways. Um, those are those, those are not fruits. That's, that's just right. delete. That's just pushing the delete button on certain things in your life right. and calling that Christianity. And that's not what it is. Yeah, it, it is really actually now I'm think I keep thinking about it more and more because there's a few people that I've talked to. It's really almost uh, shameful for me to, to tell somebody that I go to a, bas a Baptist church. Because that's when they think of Baptist, they think of 
extra biblical standards. There's a reputation of it, a, for sure. A really Certain bad Baptist. reputation. Yeah. Well, it's it's one or the other. You're either they you say you're Baptist and they associate you with like Southern Baptist, or yeah. they you say that you're Baptist and they associate you with like the hardcore IFB, <laughs> which <laughs> are in my the, probably the two worst the two worst Baptists yeah, you can think. Of. Yeah, which, which one's, one's worse? Yeah, <laughs> it's like they either think of the far left or right. the far right extremism. And, but, look, but look what it's doing. It's but, causing them to go look at these other places that aren't probably are probably a lot doctrinally worse. Sure, they are. Than <laughs> than what we actually teach. Sure, they are. Um, and, and we we really should be so. And ashamed. that's why our church is a New Testament Baptist church, is because we want that alternative to be out there that you do not have to go hard left. Right. You can you can find a biblical a biblically minded church that still preaches and teaches the scripture and focuses on the person of Jesus Christ, and it be a Baptist church. Yeah, it's yeah. about letting you, the scriptures allow you to find exactly. balance. Yeah, you shouldn't come to church and feel like you're in bondage. You should come to church yeah. and feel like you're free. And, Absolutely, uh, and uh, that, I mean, that's the way I feel. That's ever since we've been talking about Galatians, since we've read the New Testament Baptist Confession. I mean, I don't feel like I I have to go to church and and be in bondage. No. I legit just I enjoy my Christian life. Right. Um, so the truth shall set you free. The exactly. truth shall make you free. And an old preacher said, "The more the truth you know, the freer you'll be." And I think the the key part of this section right here that we're finishing up with. He says there in verse 16, If you walk by this rule, and as many as walk uh, according to this rule, peace be to them, yep. and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. That's right. Yeah, Those are guarantees, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. So Paul gives a personal note here in closing this out, guys. 16 and 17, he says, From henceforth let no man trouble me. You see, he had paid the price, the emotional cost, the physical cost. He actually says that at the end of verse 17, For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus this is not proverbial this is this is him he could have literally lifted his shirt and said look at the scars where I have been beaten for what I believe so he he sort of signs this letter in his own blood and then the closing reference verse 18 brethren the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit I think that's kind of a, a jab uh, when he says brethren there because he's talking to the true brethren not the Judaizers not the you know the Pharisees but the true brethren. Yeah. So yeah. we crossed the finish line, we guys. We made it. Yeah. <laughs> Last word is amen. Amen. So that's uh, truly. And uh, he wraps up this. I mean, this has just been such a an incredible journey, you know, through the book of Galatians. And uh, we've we've covered James and Galatians, and we've taken breaks. You know, we'll probably take a break in between this series and the next one, uh, talk about some other items and other issues there. But which we, would be a great place to throw in if there's if there is a topic that you guys want. Oh, we already have to, an idea yeah. already, but Topics. if there is something that you do want us to discuss yeah. uh, why we're taking this break period, go ahead and put it in the comments or Absolutely. email us That's at right. info uh, at brandonbaptistabernacle.com and we'll talk about it. Yeah. As long as it's Bible. Definitely. Yeah, we'll talk it. And even if it's uh, even if it's prophetic stuff, you know, some of the stuff in Afghanistan, the other things that are going on right now in the world, uh, you know, even some of those things we're willing to we're willing to chit chat with you about scripture on those things. So, right. uh, so thanks again to uh, Adam and Jeremy and Zach. Thank you guys so much for going on this journey with us. And uh, uh, these are still available where you can get uh, all your podcast information, all your podcast titles. We're glad to provide these to you. Uh, info at brandonbaptisttabernacle.com if you want to email us in the website here for the church is brandonbaptisttabernacle.com. So take advantage of all those resources. They are free. That's the way we operate here. And uh, we hope that you'll join us again next time, Changing Society by Cherishing Scripture.